the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Sunshine. It's a beautiful day here in the state of Ohio. Uh, Let's start thinking positively. Winston Churchill. History is written by the victors. Ain't that the truth? Thomas Jefferson. I like the dreams of the future better than the history of the past. Uh, John Maynard Keynes also liked that one, too. It is remarkable how closely the history of the apple tree is connected with that of the man. David Thoreau. And I walk slowly, but never backwards. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, it, it was an interesting week, and I, I got a whole bunch of stuff to say. But let's uh, start by saying, if you want any of the information you get from here, and I had several people talk about wealth plans last week. You know, without a plan, you don't know where you're going. Simple as that, all right? A wealth plan, a family inventory work week. Workbooks that allows you to get organized and get a plan. All right. So all the rest of the stuff you can do on your own. All right. So uh, if you go to WHK1420, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, you can go directly to my webpage. And, uh, you know, on that webpage, there's all sorts of contact me, email me. So if you want any of the above information, like our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, uh, small cap list is starting to get interesting. And uh, a new one. ADR list. Uh, we haven't talked about the ADRs for a while. We're going to talk about them a little bit more today. Uh, so you, there's all sorts of contact me. So you go to my, you, you go to the Smart Investor Show. It goes directly to my webpage. So you can, there's all sorts of stuff on there. If you'd like to, uh, you know, there's, you can go to uh, Insight column and there's a whole bunch of new information uh, that we put on last week, I believe it was. So uh, that's, that's kind of interesting. Uh, and under the insight banner, uh, or, uh, the bulletin board banner, I mean, is there, is a weekly newsletter. So you can get caught up with what happened in the market last week. And also Rob Schleimer's roadmap. I highly recommend that. Highly recommend that. All right. So, uh, you know, I'm getting where my cheaters these days, the colonel's disease, uh, I think there's three things that, uh, you know, uh, we saw at RBC. Uh, Lori Kawasina, our head strategist, is uh, our main person here. She's on TV a couple times last week. So if you're watching CNBC, she's there quite regularly. Well, she, you know, the first thing we saw was that reporting season stats are similar to what we, we thought they'd be. Okay. And we described uh, in the weeks before that, which is good. Second, um, last week's S&P 500's earnings call, the tones were mixed. You know, macro, negative on China, and had a positive tilt on the consumer. And third, uh, the charts in our UK meetings last week included charts showing how the earnings dominance of the top seven names in the S&P 
500 is fading. So that may spark the leadership rotation of, that Lori's been talking about for some time now. So, so I, I guess, uh, you know, if I look at things, um, the case throughout most of the reporting season, the percent of the S&P 500 companies beating consensus on their earnings per share forecast is trading a little lower than last quarter. Uh, earnings per share beats are tracking lower for the Russell 2000. Well, the revenue beats are now tracking flat. So the, the revenue is keeping up, but uh, the earnings aren't. Within the Russell 1000, by the Russell 2000 is small caps, the Russell 1000 is the value group. They're uh, posting earnings beats, uh, and they're outperforming the broader market. Uh, just slightly, but they're outperforming the broader market. Small cap companies posting earnings beats have slight underperformance. Isn't that interesting? So they're beaten and they're underperforming. Um, companies missing consensus <laughs> are underperforming uh, quite a bit, but um, there were several companies that were high flyers last week that guided down and uh, they got whacked pretty hard. So, so uh, you know, We've been expecting some downward revisions to the uh, 2024's bottom-up consensus, and, and we're starting to get it. And some sectors are contributing to that, uh, and, you know, a revision to the 2023 forecast. Uh, that Worth noting, there's consumer discretionary, industrials, and the top seven in the index are doing their outsized share of the lifting. Okay, so those are the three sectors that seem to be uh, – uh, pulling their weight, if not more than their weight. Uh, most sectors are contributing to the compression <laughs> of these uh, the S&P 500 forecasted growth rates. So uh, we'll see what happens. But most people are negative on China, although I am starting to see signs on the charts that China is starting to, you know, like uh, there's certain ETFs out there that are very close to their um, downtrend line that represent a lot of the uh, emerging markets that I, I uh, you know, you don't get close to your downtrend line if you're doing poorly, usually you're well below it. So uh, that kind of caught me by surprise a little bit, but so, but we've been highlighting uh, uh, the macro drop uh, backdrop and the outlook and company commentary. And I, I think that still remains the case so the, on the positive side. Some companies are emphasizing inflection points, normalization, soft lending expectations, you know, rebounds from inventory resets, that type of thing. Uh, on the negative side, some companies emphasize the challenge of weather, China, softer consumption, restrained decision making, destocking, and generally uncertainty. Okay, so China remained in the focus in discussions of non-U.S. markets, and the tone generally is quite negative. So uh, I, I don't know what's going on there. Now, remember, the, the market will turn six to nine months ahead of the economy. So that's something, uh, you know, maybe uh, the, their market is seeing a turn in, in the economy. I don't know. You know, that's, I, I throw that out there. If, if we're talking about geography and geopolitics, the Middle East seems to be coming up a bit more often than in prior weeks. And we think that is because the sector... Uh, is a mix of companies reporting had shifted more representation from consumer companies. Okay, so uh, keep take that as it will. The, the case of the reporting season, the challenge of high cost remains a focus. Uh, so pricing seems a bit more in focus than in prior weeks. Last week, I don't know why. I just uh, you know we were reporting. 
Given the sh- shift in sector mix, we felt we got more color on the state of the U.S. consumer last week than we had in prior weeks. Uh, as the case, the macro bo- uh, backdrop discussion and commentary was mixed, and we haven't really learned anything new. Among the companies, uh, the tone tilted a little bit more positive than negative, so keep that in the back of your head. Uh, the earnings dominance of the top seven remains the top seven names of the S P five hundred seems to be fading a little bit, although it was one company that you couldn't tell that by. Uh, net bullishness may be headed for a two standard deviation event. Uh, and usually when that occurs, you expect a pullback. That means people are too bullish. Okay. So that, that's simple. So keep that in the back of your mind. Now, one thing that I, I will, uh, I'd, I'd like to talk about anyway, is shaking up corporate Japan. You know, the Nikkei just passed its record high, reached 34 years ago. Talk about a breakout despite the Japanese economy being in recession. So, you know, let's explore a little bit the factors behind the investor enthusiasm. Uh, The return on inflation. You know, the Japanese economy has had two and a half decades of deflation. And inflation made a welcome return after the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Believe it or not, some inflation is good, okay? Just not 20% like we had the first two years of uh, this administration. So corporate governance reforms, the Tokyo Stock Exchange introduced a bunch of corporate reforms last year. And a follow-up to reforms introduced under former Prime Minister uh, Minister Abe in 2012. So the government shame the corporate sector for its notoriously low returns and and demanded change is what it came down to. So they, they've got a little bit of that. Uh, you know, and you're you're seeing some, you know, that showing up on the bottom line, okay? And I could mention some names, I'm not going to. But the, also the savings reform, the Jack, Japanese government recently revamped the Nippon uh, individual savings account, which was a tax-free stock investment program for individuals by expanding annual investment limits and granting indefinite tax exemption periods, which is very positive for the market. And the Chinese, you know, stocks proxy in a world of increased geopolitical tensions, Japan may seen as a proxy for investing in China. So, uh, you know, people don't want to invest in China right now. They're scared to death of what they may, may be doing. So I thought that was interesting. Now, in the U.S., you know, we broke out to another new high this week, and, the, and it's a beautiful chart right at the moment. Um, you know, one company took the market on its back and pulled it right up. And, uh, you know, there was some sectors that fared a little bit less well. The pure play electric vehicles got hammered. <laughs> uh, and the, uh, but overall, the earnings season seemed to have progressed fairly well for us. And I think the overall solid picture of the economy and gradually optimistic forecast are in contrast to the monthly release of the conference board leading indicators. You know, the leading economic indicators have been negative for about two years now. So keep that in the back of your head. And uh, so interesting stuff going on uh, throughout the world. Um, Remember, you know, look, you you break a new high and people think of it as new risk. Look, I can't tell you how many times I've said this on this show. There's nothing, there is nothing more bullish than whatever you own price going up <laughs> all right it doesn't get more bullish than that and so everybody's out there thinking of bearish reasons why the stock market should go down 
and it keeps going up. Folks, that's very, very positive. Okay. So it's very, very positive. And uh, I, I think you just got to, you know, keep that in the back of your mind and, and take it from there. I mean, the NDX looks fantastic. And, and uh, you know, I think it's, I, I don't think it's made a, a move like it did Thursday since 12 3 of 23. Oh, no, it was February 23rd of 23. Uh, it's up 3.5% on Thursday. All right. That's, there's nothing more positive than whatever you own going up. Okay, so look, inflation, we've we've had a deflationary period in our stock market from 2000 all the way up until two years ago. And we talked about the 10 year Treasury yield breaking out of a 40 year downtrend. So I think you have to start positioning for some inflation uh, shocks. I I think they could happen. Uh, You know, the decline in inflation trends have been established across most of the global economies with, with tighter monetary policy proving fairly effective in, in managing inflation. Uh, it, it's fallen six points since the, the, you know, the peak in 20, uh, June of 2022. So, you know, we, we see this, you know, as normal with monetary po- policy tightening. Look, we had a hotter than expected January U.S. inflation rate. You know, we talked about bond yields being oversold and then bouncing, and so they're bouncing a little bit. It's not going to go straight down, but there are some supply change challenges that are going to fuel inflation risks, such as shipping, et cetera. I mean, look, um, you know, contrary to popular belief, I think the shipping risks are un- unestimated, uh, underestimated. You know, both the Suez canal we've we've heard about all the problems they're having there with you know tankers being shot at and that you know that type of thing and uh you know we've got naval our naval force in in that area and you know the drones are picking off uh uh we're picking off drones left and right but the panama canal is a problem too because the lack of rain lack of water so the drought in the panama is a strange twist of fate in the world's largest artificial waterway uh, but it's a key route for goods from Asia that are headed to the U.S., and it connects the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. So both of our main shipping thoroughways, you know, through you know Europe to the Middle East and and uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Asia to the Middle East and Europe, and then the Pacific to the Atlantic. Those two pretty big problems. So I think there's going to be a problem uh, with those type of things, you know, starting to. Uh, uh, take hold. Now, you know, we talked about AI. and Some of this is, you know, I think you got to be careful with some of these stocks because they've gone a long way. But remember, we talked about, the, you know, way back in, in the spring, strong financial performances, how people were making AI investments and how they're monetizing AI and the GPU shortages, which showed up Thursday in a big, big way. And the CapEx growth and the data center expansion, we talked about our data center things and we, we pound the table on that. But Look, Ernest Hemingway had a great quote, gradually, then suddenly, okay? That's what AI has been all about here. So it, it can describe a lot of changes in life. You know, things just happen all of a sudden. Uh, and AI is kind of that way right now. So it surged in the mainstream discourse in the last quarter of 2023. And I think, you know, you know, we, we had... You know, Rob Schleimer made a great call with his quadrant balance oscillator was very oversold back in uh, the end of October. 
now very overbought. So, you know, the fastest move I think we've seen in a long, long time. But, you know, if you look at the AI situation, artificial intelligence is a technology with human-like intelligence capabilities. So, you know, there was a lot of prelims to this, search engines, Watson, uh, you know, but these, this is, you know, I think getting interesting. And I think a lot of this stuff, you know, may be ahead of the curve. But remember, Claude Shannon wrote a book. Uh, he cited AI technology in 1950. So this is not new and coming. But we're seeing people like Sam Altman and Elon Musk and all that take advantage of this. Chat GP, all sorts of stuff. So I think, it, you know, what you're going to probably start to see is M&A activity here. Uh, you know, buying buying into data centers, buying into AI, you know, that type of thing. It's going to start to happen. And I think you got to pay pretty close attention. I, you know, I think a couple things, you know, in one management group said generative AI is the largest PAM expansion of software and hardware that we've seen in several decades. Another management group said in the data center, we see 2024 as the start of a multi-year AI adoption cycle with the market for data center AI accelerators growing to approximately 400 billion by 2027. So there's a lot of people paying attention here. This could be huge. Now, sometimes we get overexcited. That's what the stock market's about. Remember, it's an emotional being as well as a, you know, it's all about the numbers eventually, but there's emotion involved. So, you know, we could go to an overbought situation and then give it up for a while. Okay. So don't forget that. So, you know, look, there's one management group on their conference call said, we expect revenue from generative AI to represent more than 25% of the semiconductor industry revenue going forward. That's huge, folks. That's huge. Hey, let's take a break. Uh, This is Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone Hey friends, Bob France here for my good friends at G&J Waterproofing of Cleveland. You need to know those letters, G&J. That's all. If the basement is leaking, you've got problems, and I've got solutions. What did I tell you those letters were? G&J Waterproofing. That's it. Listen, only company you're going to need if you want to handle your basement problems the right way, for the right price, and to do it right now. And the thing I love most about G&J... The warranty. They've got the strongest warranty in the industry, literally twice as long as anybody else's. Now, how can you afford to give a warranty that long? When you know you're not going to have to do a lot of warranty work because you do the job right the first time. That's what they do. G&J has won every service award there is. Both the Better Business Bureau and Angie's List give them A ratings. That's what comes with 15 years of experience treating people and basements the right way. Go onto the website. Log on to gjwaterproofingofcleveland.com and then call this number, 440-687-6079. Get a free in-home inspection, 440-687-6079. Call now.
This is Dennis Prager, and now a truly exciting new benefit. My monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. For an hour each month, get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. I'll be answering your questions. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Boy, I haven't heard that song in a long, long time. All right, Lenny. Uh, he pulled that one from someplace. I don't know where. Anyway, uh, you know, I, I had a question uh, just a second ago on email, and you can email me. I, I picked those up. I don't take calls anymore due to technical difficulties. Uh, but uh, the, the question was, Tim, you keep talking about the same subjects. <laughs> I do because there are themes that are happening now. Okay, this is from Larry, by the way. Larry, if the the themes don't go away in a week or two weeks or three weeks, AI is going to be with us for a long, long time. Now, I've also talked about the shipping problem. Yes, I'm going to talk about some other scenarios, too. And they're going to stay with us for a long, long time. If you heard the quotes I just mentioned, these are corporate executives who are talking in front of Wall Street's finest and hedge funds, guys that don't take kindly to them lying if they do. Because if they do lie, they will short them into oblivion. (laughs) All right. So the reason I talk about this stuff is because it's going to be prevalent for some time to come. All right. Now, I've been talking about healthcare, and, and healthcare is still, you know, one of the lowest forms of life on the uh, Dorsey Wright system. Uh, but they're popping. They're starting to pop. They're gaining. They're gaining momentum. I'm seeing some healthcare stocks starting to gain the momentum. So, just remember that the mood appears much more upbeat in that group. The key is the continuing momentum. So if it, if it continue, you know, the momentum continues, we're in great shape. Merger and acquisition activity, the enthusiasm has, is there, and it may facilitate a, like what we call a pull-through after some positive catalysts. We've seen some sizable deals with some big, big companies, and there's plenty of other big companies that want to fill their pipeline. There's still plenty of, uh, of space to pivot into immunology immunology. <laughs> I cannot get that one right. Uh, biosimilars, you know, that type of thing. Small caps are paring back as it's hard to build the next Genentech. Uh, so I think what you'll see is that there'll be less new issues in that group. And what you'll probably find is that these guys are going to start to uh, uh, they'll either be acquired or they'll have a you know, they'll go under or they'll, they'll have great impact. I've also seen is 
a lot of shorts are in these things thinking they can short them into the ground and then they get caught with some really good news and they can't get out. I mean, I've seen some stocks go from four to 48 in one day, just one or two, but that's all you need. That scares the shorts. You know, if, if I was a short, I'd be scared. I don't know about you, but I think I'd be kind of uh, nervous and, and thinking, you know, to myself, am I, am I next? <laughs> you know what I mean? Am I next? And uh, I think a lot of people are probably thinking that way. And, and, you know, it's something to keep, you know, they're keeping in the back of their mind. The, you know, one of the things that does happen, this Inflation Reduction Act, which is really a, a healthcare pricing policy, it really impacted small molecule development. And I think it, what it's going to do is there'll be M&A in, in, in oncology. Uh, there was a couple deals mentioned just recently, and I, I'm not allowed to mention their names. So, but the IRA is impacting BD strategies in pharma, and it's likely to prioritize biologics over small molecules going forward because small molecules take too much money. So there's no, you know, the pricing is, can be outrageous. So FDA flexibility is also providing some tailwinds from, for the regulatory discussions. You know, they're, they're approving some stuff that people uh, didn't think were going to get approved or there was questions about it. And I think large caps are gearing up for another earnings growth inflection later in this decade. Okay. So, uh, and the other thing is there's been no retraction. They did a bunch of price increases last year, 6% to 10% and no retraction. So that's something to keep in mind. And the GLP dash ones, that's the, I don't know what that is. That's the weight loss drug that is, you know, taking Hollywood by storm. It's amazing how many people in Hollywood are taking this and how many people in the limelight are taking it. It's amazing. Uh, and th- there'll be new ones out there. You know, some of them have played it down, so there's the expectations aren't as great, but they'll be out there. And there'll be many critical uh, ca- catalysts that we anticipate this year and next, which could attract a lot more attention to the sector. So, you know, biotech is, is, is going to be important going forward, in my humble opinion. Um, you know, it, it's funny. The IRA Act, you know, where people are complaining about pricing in drugs and biotechs. Yet the average age of a human being has gone from 49 in 1928. 49 to 83. Uh, By the way, there's a whole bunch of people. A third of the population is living past 89. Third of the population. Yet... You don't want to pay for the drugs. <laughs> How much is life worth to you? Okay. So, look, I, the other thing I think is very important in healthcare, and it start, I'm starting to see it in the charts. You know, uh, we have a really good analyst in this field, uh, but he was early, as some analysts are. And, and you know, Sean's a smart guy, uh, but, it, you know, you have to be early for major turns in, in groups, okay? Or you're going to, you're going to have a problem. You're going to, you know, being last is, you know, you don't want to ever be last, right? Okay. So technology, all alternative care sources and payment reform are the key to fixing healthcare. That simple. So healthcare spend in the U S continues to grow at a, it's just an unsustainable rate. It's not going to continue like this. So 
technology in increasing consumerization and adoption of new payment and reimbursement models are going to play a critical role. You're cutting out the back office. The back office, you know, between insurance and, and all the paperwork doctors have, and nurses have to do, that's what's causing most of the excess costs, costs that we're talking about. So if you get virtual health care, you know, what they call retailization, it, you know, you're, you're going to get, you know, it's going to be cheaper, first of all, and it's going to be delivered outside the traditional delivery system, which lowers the cost and it helps the patient experience. No one wants to sit in a, in a doctor's waiting room for two hours. Uh, you know, I've, I've done it recently. <laughs> Trust me on that. Uh, so this is, you know, I guess the question is, why should investors want to, ex to exposure here and now? Because we expect for the first time in years, you know, these stocks have been getting beat up, that these, these stocks are going to outperform. You know, we discussed it in our 2024 outlook, which, uh, you know, you had available to you for a while. It's still available to you if you like. Lower rates are the most important ingredient here. And if the, you know, we're starting to see a lot of names, you know, take a look at the, the 10 biggest laggards every day. They're down 20, 15, 20%. You know, some I've seen 30 point moves, 100 point moves down. That means things are slowing down. Okay, whether the Fed likes it or not, that, you know, the stock market's telling you, hey, folks, it, it's slowing down. And with that, we'll come lower rates. And with that, I think the healthcare industry will be really, really well. Now, we looked at uh, our RBC digital health index. It, it looks like we're going to have 11% average growth in 24. That's a big number, folks. Okay, so we have a bunch of companies that are positioned extremely well. If you'd like that report, please let us know. Uh, we'd love to love to get it to you. Uh, now, there's one other group, and I think you should be looking for green shoots, and that's solar equipment suppliers. They have just been killed. Why? Because you need money, okay? You need dollars. And when interest rates go up, money goes away, all right? So they beat them up. And uh, it's my humble opinion that, uh, you know, we, we just started following them, but you know, whether it's hydrogen or uh, solar equipment suppliers, whatever it may be, they got beat up because of lack of money. So buy low, you sell high, right? Okay, so here's an opportunity because uh, ESG is not going away. There's a big article in Barron's this week about ESG, be it, you know, someone thinking that that's the way to go going forward. Okay, there's going to be all sorts of room for that going, going ahead. So, uh, we do have a new report on looking for green shoots, uh, and it's uh, we brought in a new analyst who's very quite quite well received, from what I understand. Uh, Christopher is uh, highly rated uh, on solar equipment suppliers, so that's available to you. Like I said, go to WHK fourteen twenty local podcast down the Smart Investor Show to my webpage and ask for it. Let's take a break. We'll be right back.
The straight talking, hard working, do it right plumbers at Wyatt Works will unclog your drain for only $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Wyatt Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing Most with. Most of the time, clog busting's all you need. doodle. Back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no-backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promise clog busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slower clogged drains. Call Why It Works and consider it done. License number 30185. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet, for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge many of us don't think about. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to see one veteran with special needs one time per year. Visit willyouseeonevet.org to learn more. That's willyouseeonevet.org. When rolling over your 401k, it's easy to get lost. Look to the experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors from RBC Wealth Management to guide you through the whole 401k rollover process. It's all part of designing a plan that's tailored to your unique investment needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Uh, little Stevie. I uh, used to live near Stevie back when I was in Philadelphia a long time ago. Anyway, uh, so I, I was thinking of things just recently, and, and one of the things I think is very, very important right now uh, are the small caps. And, you know, you've heard a lot of people talk about them, and, and I think the Fed pushing off uh, rate decreases uh, are a reason that these aren't working as well as we like them to. But we are seeing, I mean, all you have to do is look at the number of stocks down for the day, okay? Uh, and if you look at those, you'll see that uh, there's there's opportunity in some of these, but it's some really good companies got whacked hard. Now, usually you don't want to buy them after, the, you know, a gap down is new information into the market, Okay. So you don't want to jump on these things right away, but I think what you want to do is pay attention to them as they go sideways. That's how, you know, buy low, sell high, okay? Uh, and some of these things made announcements, they're, they're not seeing the revenue. Hmm. Well, that's that macro theme we talked about when Lori Calvacina has been saying, talking about for a month now. It's mixed out there. You know, some people are saying there's some problems out there. Others say everything's okay. Uh, but what it does is it's going to have opportunity. And, uh, you know, we think the time is now for small caps because by the time, you know, uh, you do have <laughs> a, uh, a move down in interest rates, a lot of these stocks will be up by 10%. And uh, I own, I own quite a few of these uh, for my more aggressive clients. And, uh, but this is a, a really good way 
I mean, there's been a couple that showed up uh, in the biotech area in a big, big way. Uh, you know, and I think there's a couple that got beat up a little bit in the biotech area that, you know, are ones you want to be buying. Okay. Now I had a question uh, from Al last week and he called me and he said, Tim, you know, what about this data set liquid cooling? You know, and he mentioned one stock in particular and I said, yeah, that was a great call back in June (laughs) when it was $600 cheaper. Okay. Uh, Now it was, it was good of Al to call and get the report, which I thought was good. And, and by the way, I don't think this report's going away. I just think, look, folks, you've got to understand, you know, there's a great deal of enthusiasm for these stocks now, okay? It wasn't back in June. So, you know, I try to bring things up when people aren't paying attention. Uh, I do think this is a report, even though it's, you know, it's back from June. Uh, we were actually talking about it in May. Uh, but I think what you have to do is you got to wait for these stocks to come back to you. All right. It's kind of hard right now because everybody's, you know, seeing their stocks go up and up and up and up and, and, uh, you know, everybody wants to jump on them. Well, that's usually not the best idea. Okay. Um, so just keep that in the back of your head. Look, there's a lot of people, um, who are, you know, they just go buy it and you can go ahead and do that. That's a good way to get killed. (laughs) Uh, But I think that, uh, you know, the the smarter you are about some of this stuff, uh, you know, I think you'll be probably, let's just put it this way. You'll be ahead by five or six percentage points (laughs) over a longer period of time. Now, look, um, one of the things I have been talking about is, you know, we're in this time of transition. And as inflation begins to resolve to the downside, you know, we get some economic growth and have become, it's, it's become more varied by rate regions. So inflationary pressures are fading, whether, you know, it's in Europe or, or United Kingdom or Japan or non-Asian companies, you know, or non-Japan, Asia, whether it's North America, whatever. So, you got to look uh, and just, I, I think there'll be opportunities elsewhere. Let's just put it that way. You know, and we were looking at the guidance portfolio, and you know, like consumer discretionary for ADRs now. It's 16%, consumer staples, 12, financial, 16, healthcare, 12, information tech, 16. So we're in the leading areas, and, it, and there's some really good names on this list. I just think people are not paying close enough attention because it's so easy to make money in the U.S. right now. But remember, sometimes, like I've always said, it's better to have a bad feeling in your stomach when you're buying something. Now, people have a hard time with that. <laughs> you know, and they say to me, Tim, are you out of your mind? And eh, Maybe a little bit, but, you know, when you have a bad feeling in your stomach, is usually a really good time to invest. Okay. So a lot of people are not talking about a lot of the names that are, are, you know, on, on our ADR list. Now we had a couple that we took off because they went up too high, but there's some U S names, but there's also quite a few, uh, uh, foreign names on here and they're ADRs. What is an ADR? An ADR is an American depository receipt. That means they trade on the New York stock exchange for your liquidity. 
and you also don't get a hickey. Uh, I think, well, in, in most of the cases, you don't get a hickey, uh, uh, you know, an extra 15% cut off the dividend. Okay. So keep that in the back of your mind. But I think ADRs are a very important scenario right now. And I think it's, it's something that a lot of people are not paying attention to. One other area, you know, I, I talked about this about a month ago. Um, but I'm starting to see some software names starting to, now I'm early on this. There was a lot of software names that got just beat to, you know, oblivion after 2021, 2022, they got beat, beaten up. And I'm starting to see some of these emerge. Uh, and I just think there's, uh, there's some new themes coming up and, you know, uh, the, the previous th- themes were like executive compensation, software recessions, Gen, a- uh, gen e- AI and software, targeting operating models, that type of thing. I think the, the go-to-market models in software are the new thing, and specifically how companies bring their products to market and whoever the buyer is. You know, investors have often focused on product-led growth uh, versus sales-led growth. And we believe there are actually several other categories you know, companies are going to are going to employ a mix of this go to market or GTM. Okay, so this may seem simple at first glance, but the intricacies can be the key. And and there's an understanding of business. There's unit economics, long term margins. You know that type of thing that all go into this. So there's com- some companies that are really paying attention. But there's seven types of of GTM models, and if you don't know who they are, you shouldn't be in software stocks as far as I'm concerned. But the G- the different GTM models uh, lead to different financial profiles. So that's something, you know, look, I mean, some of these things have 23% revenue growth. Listen, that's huge. So it tends to be more intuitive with companies under a billion dollars in revenue. So you're looking for smaller names. You know, Bill O'Neill and Investors Business Daily love smaller companies. You know, he, he loves cup and handle formations with smaller companies with accelerating growth rates. And that's what we're talking about here. And I think as interest rates come down, they will be interesting. Uh, now, it's difficult for these co- these uh, smaller companies to adopt what they call the PLG. Uh, you know, and I think it's important that it's, it, they, they're going to use it as a secondary lever. Okay. Uh, so it's there's going to be a change in their financial model that they have to get better at and but a major gtm overhaul and investment in the product could be huge for them so there'll be some best-in-class businesses use a, a, a mix of different business models uh and there'll be a lot going for them and they'll i guess you know if if rbc was going to give them two pieces of advice provide investors a deep dive in the gtm and the buyers uh you know show, show them what's different Okay, so uh, but software is we're starting to see, by the way, there's a couple of private equity firms that have been buying software companies like crazy last year. And it's my opinion that what you'll see is, you know, probably uh, more of that going forward. Okay, so look, uh, we had another push high higher by global equity markets uh, and weekly data remains fairly overbought. If you look at the weekly momentum, uh, but we did have a two year breakout. So it confirms an up cycle is underway. So 
Look, like I said earlier in the show, the most bullish thing that can happen is for your stocks to go up, okay? And they're going up. So as you listen to your TV, which everybody does, and there's all these people being bearish, let them be bearish while your stocks go up, okay? So keep that in the back of your head. Uh, look, I just think short-term, uh, you know, it's a beautiful uptrend chart. You know, if, if you make a, an uptrend chart, what you do is you draw a line for the higher lows and draw a line for the higher highs. We have a beautiful uptrend on the S&P 500 right now. All right, so uh, the weakness was short-lived just a week ago. Uh, you know, I think there's, you know, there'll be some resistance areas and some support areas, but just pay close attention because, you know, Things could get really interesting this year, especially with the ele- if the election goes the way the market wants it. It could get really interesting. Now, look, we we said that we thought, uh, or Rob Schleimer thought, that interest rates would go up a little bit. They did. Uh, they're going to continue. I don't know, but the semiconductor group broke out just like he thought he said he they would, and in, in the industrial sector and the healthcare sector, energy is creeping in the background, and uh, that you know that energy gets more bullish as we go into the spring because people use more of it. Now, somebody asked me about the, the foreign markets. I mean, I think India, Japan, uh, you know, Europe hasn't broken out totally, but it's broken out uh, and it's, it's right up against its old highs. But, you know, Japan's broken out to an all new high. India has, uh, you know, the, the, if I look at the China versus the, you know, uh, the, the weekly, it's still in a downtrend, but it's getting close, you know, so keep those in mind. And I think it's very important that, Going forward, all right, you got to keep an open mind to all the world because, you know, we're not the only ones that were in a recession or we were in a correction, I should say. But we held the 200-week moving average, folks. We're still in this long-term uptrend, this structural bullish market. The difference is this bear market, because there's bear markets, you know, within structural bulls, which are the long-term ones occurred over a year because of it was done by interest rates. There wasn't a crash. There wasn't a quick hiccup of 10% or anything like that. We went down 18% because of interest rates going up. But they they did go up for a reason, and that is to cause inflation. I think it's very important that people remember that. So, uh, look, I, I someone asked me the other day, what would I be doing right now? I I think if you're not fully invested, I think, you know, those 5% CDs and whatever you bought, when they come due, pay very close attention. Hey, let's take a break. We'll be right back. This is Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. 
Hey, Bob France here for Empire Window Company. That's the company I chose when we needed to replace our outdated, energy-depleting windows. And with good reason. For one, Empire has 64 years in the business. That means 64 years of buying power that allows them to give you the very best pricing. And another, the housing market is rough right now. Mortgage rates are through the roof. So why move when you can transform the look of your current house into the dream home you've always wanted? Empire Window Company has been Northeast Ohio from the beginning. Chances are they've already done windows or siding for friends, family, or the people in your neighborhood. It's a local company you can trust. Ask around. And right now, due to the volume purchasing Empire can do, you can get an entire house full of new windows for about 85 bucks a month. That's an incredible bargain to upgrade the look and value of your house. Call Empire Window Company like I did, 855-76-EMPIRE. That's 855-76-EMPIRE or log on to EmpireWindowCompany.com. Empire Window Company, you deserve a fair price. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Sunny. Yesterday my life was hey, another classic, Lenny. Good job. Sunny. Lenny's my uh, technician in the background there. He's a good one. Uh, all right, so here we go. Uh, what would I be doing now? Well, look, as I say always, the family inventory workbook. Look, all this does is put all your financial data into one place so your loved ones know where it is. Believe me, you don't think it's... It's important now, but the, <laughs> there's nothing worse than being deceased and having your name taken in the vein, you know, because uh, you can't find anything, right? So this is a way to put it all together, you know, for your, you know, so it's easy for your loved ones, all right? It's easy for your loved ones. The wealth plan is a way to guide you to the next level. Uh, look, we can look at 10,000 different outcomes by looking at your your portfolio right now and your situation right now, your insurance, et cetera, and say, with 10,000 different outcomes, where will we be? What's the worst case? What's the best case? And uh, believe me, interactively, you can change that. Okay? I, I, I've done it numerous times for people. Uh, you know, we, we've, you know, look, I've had to give bad news to people recently. And and simply tell them, hey, you got a problem. We got to start either putting more money away. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to stop spending. And you know, it's not a great conversation, but it works. And we showed them what happens when they do it, and they get a lot closer to you know uh, that retirement scenario than they sh- than they probably uh, would under normal circumstances. Look, I just think you got to understand something. We're in a long term bull market. That's Tim Hayes' personal opinion, okay? I think there's some people at, uh, you know, RBC that believe the same thing, <laughs> which is good. You know, you always like people uh, that you're you're doing business with uh, uh, liking what you have to say. And and I think it's important that we we understand that, okay? So – we we look, you know, probably the 16 to 18 year structural bull 
will probably last into the mid uh, 2030s. Now, you said, but we just went through a, a bad market. Well, look, in the 80s, which was one of the great bull markets of all time, we had 1987. And then three years later, we had 1990 when Saddam Hussein rolled into town. Okay. And then three or five years later, we had the Russian ruble crisis where we had a 25% hickey. However, if you would have sold and stepped out of the blind light, you know, you made 2,300% from the low in 1972 to the high in 2000. Okay. 2,300%. So if we just go to 2000, we're looking at 13,500, maybe 14,000 on the S&P 500. We're at 5,000, okay? And, you know, uh, look, I, I had a, there's a very smart guy that I used to know from, uh, you know, doing charts and going to some seminars and stuff like that. And his, his father started a, a really great publication. Um, I'm not going to mention his name because he'll get a flood of calls. But he he said that we could go to 75,000 on the Dow. And he put it in a magazine five years ago. He may be right. Who knows? Usually the last part of the move is the biggest part of the move. All right. So just keep that in mind. So don't get too bearish. Remember, uh, you know, you have, we just entered this four-year cycle. And the beginning of the four-year cycle is usually very, very positive. Then we have a, a wishy-washy year. Then we have a down year. And then we started all over again. So these four-year cycles are within these 16 to 18-year bull structural bull markets. Just don't get too carried away. And uh, look, I, I just think that the momentum is positive. Long-term momentum, momentum returns positive. The four-month moving average is over the 13-month moving average, which is usually bullish. So these are technical stuff. And if you look at the, the four-year presidential cycle track record in election year, the average is seven and a half percent. The mean is 10.7 percent returns. Okay. So keep that in mind. I just think, you know, one of the, probably the, the only thing that really bugs me a little bit is that the, the AAII poll, the bullish bearish poll is still pretty bullish. Uh, it's elevated. The bearish sentiment is pretty low though. Those, you know, that's the one thing that tells me, Hey, we're a little bit overbought. Maybe we get a correction going forward. Who knows? But in the meantime, dividend growth stocks are cheap. Very, very cheap. There's a lot of them out there that I'd pay very close attention to because when interest rates start to come down, that's where they're going to go, folks. That's where they're going to go. You know, the, the AI, the data center stuff, that's kind of overbought, okay? That's why I'm bringing it. That's why I brought it up. The chips, you know, we talked about them being fairly overbought. Let them come back to you, okay? Don't get crazy. But if you'd like to sit down and talk about a wealth plan, if you'd like, you know, I'm back driving again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, my wife was calling me Miss Daisy there for a while. Anyway, the, the point is, it's we have all these things available. We can really help you. Uh, remember, at Barron's last week, uh, the poll, this is not done by us. This is done by you. A financial advisor is really good for your long-term financial health. That was Barron's. That's not us. Uh, so. If you'd like to have an appointment, do a family inventory workbook, or a wealth plan, let me know. In the meantime, have a great weekend. It's beautiful out there, not cloud in the sky. Uh, and remember, this is Smart Investor Show. Remember to buy low and sell high. Have a great weekend.
Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.